Is this thing on? Okay, we're good. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I love the SWB shout out Scranton, Wilkes Bear. So many awesome bands that have come out of that area. So many cool people. Some of the nicest people I've ever talked to, which blows my mind that these people are consistently awesome, nice, and cool, especially to me, just some random weirdo from California who wants to talk about bands from their area. So I I really appreciate it. This week we have on Ross from One Step Closer. Super awesome guy. I met him for the first time at FYA, and he was just nice right off the bat, just so welcoming, and that's just something that stuck with me. So I got his phone number and was honestly, I felt like I was harassing him trying to get him to come on the podcast because I knew from seeing one step closer at FYA, they announced that they had a promo coming out in February and I just wanted to have him on to come talk about the new promo tape, which he did. And um, it was really cool for him to do that. And I really appreciate it. I love One Step Closer. Shout out that band. They've definitely done so much. And the year is literally just started. Like we're in February and we have the rest of the year. And they have so many awesome things lined up. So it's really important for me to have him on to talk about the band before they get really busy. So it was just a really great conversation. And I I hope you guys... Uh, check out One Step Closer. They're on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, and I believe they're on Tidal as well. So if, if you haven't listened to One Step Closer yet, please hit pause on this podcast. Go check them out. Go watch their live sets. They have so many cool videos out there. So please, before you listen to this podcast, I just urge you, go and listen to One Step Closer, such an important band, especially for this generation of hardcore, uh, newer band sounding like that, and just kind of having the impact that they have had so far. It's just like, please, just just get with it now. I don't want you to regret this in 10 years and be like, shit, I wish I would have listened to One Step Closer when they were around, blah, 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 blah. No, just do it now. Pause on the podcast. Go listen to One Step Closer from me to you, all the cool shit, awesome band, and... Just thank me later. Just thank me later. But please, please, I really urge you to do that because seriously, like one of the coolest bands going on right now. But Ross came on. We talked about a a lot of awesome stuff, stuff that I didn't even know about him. And I asked him a question um, and I'll ask you guys, if you could live forever, would you? Uh, I think I would. I think I can make it work. I uh, yeah I think I'll be fine maybe we can get a little deeper on this topic in the future but please without further ado welcome Ross to the podcast Welcome to the podcast, Ross. What up, what up? Dude, I'm happy we're here. I 
met you officially for the first time at FYA at the beginning of the year, uh, technically last month. And I was pretty happy um, meeting you and everybody else because I was so happy to find that you guys were so friendly in person because I text Nate um, pretty often. So I have that relationship with him, but I hadn't really talked to too many other people from your guys' area. So when I met you guys in person, I was just super stoked that you guys were all really nice and really cool. Dude, fuck yeah, that's cool. We try to be uh, very open to people. Make people feel welcome to come to Wolf's Fair. Enjoy the scene. Yeah, that that's awesome, man. I, I definitely like your guys' scene. Can you talk about um, where you grew up and how you got into the Wilkes Bear scene? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I grew up. Uh, I w- grew up in uh, Edwardsville, which is like it's like the town over from uh, from Wilkes Bear. And uh, I kind of was just like a, a skater kid. I just kind of skated wherever with some homies, and then I met Ryan at a. Uh, at school at a chorus class we met in a music class and then um he found out that i skated started to skate a little bit uh funny enough me and ryan were in a rival skate cruise uh he was in goon squad and i was in instapie wow just like talk shit on each other when we were little but then we um started skating together he found out that i was into um like punk music or whatever i was into like dead cavities and shit and then uh he invited me to a, a show. I think it was, um, I want to say, the Life of Riley record release or something like that. Or it might have been like a Blind Justice show or something. But then I went and I thought it was like the craziest thing. And so it just started going ever since then. I think I was 15 at the time. And uh, I think I was, we were like the youngest kids that were going there. I think we were like 15 or so. And like everyone was super nice. Like kind of like just, I want to say like, took us another wing but were very like accepting of us coming and like would tell me about new bands to check out and shit and it was really cool and how old are you now i am 21 okay dang so that's like a pretty good chunk of time like six years yeah yeah pretty pretty crazy looking back on like the first show how it was then to how it is now and that first sure uh excuse me that first show you went to that was um in wilkes Bear. Yeah, that was at the lamppost. R.I.P. Dang. That's really cool to hear that. Um, you going to shows for the first time, uh, everybody was welcoming and willing to tell you about bands to listen to. I think that's really important. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, um, I first heard about hardcore through uh, the homie Pat. I worked at the, the local pool, and um, he knew I listened to, like, I don't know. I would listen to like very generic, like first getting to punk stuff, like uh, like Dead Kennedys, Descendants, shit like that. And he was like, "You ever hear of hardcore?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course, I know everything about punk." And he was like, "You ever listen to Dead End Pass?" And I was like, "No, who are they?" And he showed me them, and I remember thinking, "This shit's fucking crazy. I'm never gonna be into this stuff." And then now I feel like I feel weird thinking that I was at one point I hated Dead End Pass. But they're like one of my favorite bands now. Yeah, the, you know the, what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a trip. I um, I was at my corporate job yesterday, and we had a district meeting. And there's this guy that works in my district, and he has like plugs, and I, I never really thought anything of it. It was just like whatever random guy with plugs. 
but he walked up to, uh, to me a couple of meetings ago and was like, hey, are you straight edge? And I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, why? And um, he's like, oh, he's like, well, I, I saw like your your hydro flask and it had like a drug free sticker on it. So I, I, I just figured I'd ask because I'm straight edge, too. And like it was just so mind blowing. because I'm like, OK, this is so weird. Like in this corporate setting, there's like another like random straight edge guy. And um, fast forward to uh, Thursday, um, we were at a meeting and he was sitting next to me and he was asking about uh, music. He's like, oh, like what bands like should I listen to? He's like, I'm just like really into straight edge stuff, which is like, OK, like it's kind of weird to me uh, that that that's his type. And I'm like, OK, whatever. If you want to just listen to straight edge bands, that's cool. Let me tell you about this band from Tampa. So I, I told him about um, point of uh, point of contact and he was like okay cool like I'm gonna check this out and then he was just like um, uh, I, I'm really into stuff like you know uh, the faster stuff and like have heart and I was like okay I was like there's this newer band called one step closer that you should check out like if you're into uh, that kind of stuff I think you'd be really into them and he was like all right cool he's like I'm gonna listen to these bands on my drive home and I'm really excited and it was just so strange to me that there's this guy out there um, who I work with technically, like I, we don't work side by side, but I, I see him every now and then. Um, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's just like into um, these straight edge bands. He like still wears seventh dagger, which I think is really weird. Cause I, I don't even know where he gets his seventh dagger gear, but he like was showing me pictures of him in seventh dagger stuff. I was like, okay, this is a little strange, but let me tell you about these bands. Cause I know you want to listen to newer stuff. So I, I put him onto that stuff and he seemed really excited. So I'm kind of curious to see him next month at our uh, monthly meeting and see if he's still into that stuff that i showed him dude that's pretty fucking sick that's crazy everyone around here that uh that i meet they're like yo you're straight edge me too and i'm like oh that's cool he's like yeah but like i mean i still smoke cigarettes here and there like they're like uh they want to be straight edge or whatever but there's like yeah but I, I still drink on the side like no one around here really understands fully what it means you know what i mean that's so strange that's sick though <laughs> Uh, I, I, I that's so weird that they say they're straight edge but they still do that stuff which is like really strange because that's not straight edge that's like nowhere near straight no. edge I've gotten to like a, an argument with this one person I used to talk to uh, they were like yeah I'm straight edge and like they told me they were straight edge for a couple months and then they were like talking about how they were smoking a cigarette and I was like oh did you break like I don't care like it's your life it shouldn't be something to uh, hold you back it should be something to push you forward, but they're like, no, I'm still, I'm still straight edge. So you're smoking, you're talking about smoking a cigarette. Like that's still edge. Smoking is still edge. I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that's and so they weird. were like getting mad at me that I didn't agree with them. Yeah. That, that, that's really strange. I, I, I'm really curious to know where that person got their definition of straight edge from. Oh, same. Honestly. Yeah. That's wild. Um, something I you kind of touched on earlier. Um, you mentioned how it was weird seeing um, the scene now versus back then. Uh, can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, so when I first started going to shows in Wilkes-Barre, um, it was there was like a whole different group of people that would go. Um, and it was at a lot of the shows were at the um, the lamppost. I kind of missed like Redwood, um, the side stage or this and that. I missed all like the old classic venues in Wilkes-Barre. So my first venue of like the, I don't even know how to word it, but like the first venue that everyone's like, oh my God, like this one, the first classic, I guess, of my time was the lamppost. And so going there, it was a small room and like it was a bunch of like just kids like 
come through moshing, sing along. And then as kind of time progressed, like a lot of people stopped going to shows. Um, we went through, <coughs> I guess like, um, like kids just stopped coming to shows. It was, it ended up just being like a couple old heads and then like OSC and a few homies. And like, that was like the only people that would start coming to shows for a good year or so. So it was pretty much dead in Wilkes-Barre for a minute. And then, like, now it's – we have, like, high schoolers that are starting to come to shows again. And, like, the scene is starting to be, like, revived, it seems like, you know, which is pretty cool. And it's something that I've been, like, talking to people in, like, different areas. And they're saying, like, yeah, like, I think the scene everywhere is starting to – um, I don't want to say come back because I don't, I don't think the scene will ever go leave. But – I think more kids are starting to be more into hardcore and starting to come out all around. Like I think hardcore itself is in a very good place right now, and it makes me happy to see. Do you think it's crazy that you and your group of friends are like a big reason why things are popping off in your area? Um, I don't, I never thought of that. Uh, I. Yeah, that is, I guess that's pretty crazy. If if that's the the reason reasoning, um, I don't want to I don't want to be like, yeah, my band's doing that for this area. But I think everyone collectively, like, like, damn, I guess, yeah. I don't I don't want to sound cocky saying that, but I think um, Nate is I'm gonna say doing the most for Wilkes-Barre. He just basically bought us a venue. Like he's like renting out this spot that like bands can come and practice and like if we want to throw a show throw a show let the local kids know and make that place like a safe place for people to come make friends and have fun so i'm gonna say instead of my group of friends i'm just gonna put all that on nate nate's been the one killing it and nate and all the bands shout out warren one step closer uh choice to make and acupuncture acupuncture rocks yeah for sure and it, it's cool because uh, that venue that you're talking about, The Hive, uh, I feel like the shows that you guys have had there since it opened, it, it seems like they've all been awesome. There's cool shows coming up. I feel like that's an awesome spot for you guys. And then I know that um, the, the younger kids going to those shows, that's going to be that venue that they talk about uh, You know, down the road. Like, holy shit, do you remember when that band came through to The Hive? So it, it's really cool that you guys are doing that for your guys' scene because um, for like an outsider looking in, there was a point in time where there were like – bigger bands from your area doing a lot more stuff and then there, there seemed like there was a lull but looking at it now it's just like holy shit all these good bands are coming out of your guys's area uh the band you're in one step closer you guys are doing a lot of things like especially this year i feel like you guys are killing it so far and you guys are doing like a lot like way busier way busier than last year so it, i it's, it's pretty cool to see dude fuck yeah thank you um yeah it's I hope that's what like kids see. I hope kids that are coming see the importance and the how cool it is that there's just a place you can go and kind of do whatever you want and express yourself in a way that you can't anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. And it's really important too. You mentioned that um, you're seeing younger kids coming out. It's uh, and I I feel like people hate when I talk about this because I talk about it so much. But it's just like. Uh, hardcore um like the youth aspect of hardcore is really important 
and I always have to hammer that in because those kids are obviously younger and they're the future of hardcore. So we got to take care of them, uh, put them on and just let them know that they're welcome and that when they see these bands playing and they're coming to shows and watching and doing or participating and seeing cool shit, it's like, yo, like you could be doing that too. It's like not that far out of reach. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I don't know. I think if you could just put yourself out there a little bit, that's all it really takes. And you could fucking play in a band and have the time of your life. You know, it's pretty cool. It's a magical thing. Hardcore is. And, uh, before one step closer, had you played in bands before? Um, I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, I learned how to play guitar for one step closer. Um, I've been in the band for three years and I've been playing guitar, I guess, for like three years. So like, uh, I played in a band, uh, offhand. Uh, I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was like, if I was in one step closer when that band was doing it or not, but we played like three shows and it was a kind of a joke band. So I, I guess I did, but I only played three shows and I played bass and my main goal was just to destroy the set. So like, I don't know. I guess a little bit, but not really. My main, my first. I may say my first band is One Step Closer, but there was a band before, but it was a joke. Okay, that's wild to hear that you learned to play guitar for One Step Closer. Um, how do you find time to like get better at your craft, or do you find that you're kind of like learning on the job? Yeah, I'm definitely learning on on the job. Um, I. Uh, I'm, I feel bad playing shows and people coming up to me and they're like talking about, like I play a, a Dan Electro and people will come up to me and they'll be like, oh, Dan Electro is like, and they'll start name dropping gear and I have to be like, I literally have no idea what you're talking about, you know? Or like my dad, he was um, a professional musician and so like he'll like talk to me about like music theory or like even things as like chords. Like I, I know what an E chord is. I'm extremely ignorant for with guitar. It's it's kind of funny. That's how even everyone in the band really is. Like BT, like he learned how to play bass. Uh, he didn't learn for OSC, but he started learning it when he joined. So like we all kind of like learned together, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting. So like how our writing process even goes. It's we all are kind of on the same level, but. I don't know. It's cool. But it's I'm definitely learning on the job. I learn something new about guitar every day. Dang. That's so crazy because I'm thinking about it now. It's like, okay, if you guys are, uh, you know, doing like learning to play for the band and you guys have this writing process where you guys are kind of all like on like the same level and kind of growing together. And from the first release to now, uh, it's really crazy just the impact that you guys have already had and just knowing that you guys uh you know aren't like super experienced musicians it's just like it's just blowing my mind right now <laughs> cool. that's 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 pretty cool i like i like i like that i like that sometimes um well i like going to shows and people like trying to like old heads some jaded fools would be like trying to school me on my knowledge and i just have to be like i don't know what you're talking about and then just fucking i I think I play pretty cool. So like, that's all that matters. Yeah. I guess. That's weird that someone's <laughs> I don't know like, what I was trying to say that. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just picturing some like weird old, like tattooed guy, like trying to give you crap for playing in a band. 
Dude, yeah, like uh, I remember we played, uh, we played some uh, weird venue. Uh, I want to, it's like, uh, I want to say it was a purple elephant or something. Forget where that is, but um, the sound guy came up to a uh, BT and asked if he plays through a DI or something like that, and he was like, w- "What is that?" And the sound guy responded with, "What the fuck do you mean? What is that? Why don't you know what that is?" And started like giving him shit for not knowing what a di is or what anything on the stage was it was pretty funny did you guys ever find out what it was because like if i'm gonna be honest i'm like i have zero knowledge about stuff like that so you saying di i'm just like i don't even know what you're talking about uh if i'm gonna be completely honest with you i didn't learn what it is but i'm pretty sure it's a direct input but i might be talking out of my ass right now again i'm very ignorant on that so i think that i think it's a direct input as okay. to what that does, I have no idea. Okay, well, that that is pretty wild. Um, that that's so funny. I I, I remember, um, this is like way back in the day. I I used to play uh, keyboards in a pop punk band. Um, we were heavily influenced that's by so cool. <laughs> Four Year Strong. It, it was so whack. And like I remember, I I literally had no idea what I was doing. I just would uh, I was playing like this weird like korg uh synthesizer so i I would just make like these weird sounds like i i don't know how to play keyboards i've never been trained i i just thought it would be fun and uh my friends and i just made it work and i remember we uh we're playing at this bar my my buddy jeff shout out jeff yuma he booked us at this bar in, in uh yuma arizona and I was so like scared to play because I was like, okay, like we're not a, a big band. Like we probably played like four shows at this point. And like, we're, yeah. o- we're opening this show and like, we're from California. So it's like, okay, nobody's ever heard of us. And like, literally like we showed up and it was like the weirdest show we played to probably about like three people. And I didn't plug in my, uh, my keyboard, right? Cause I, I literally don't know what I was doing. So I was just putting stuff wherever <laughs> right? I thought it went and shit like the, you know, the cables fit and I could kind of hear my keyboard. So I was like, all right. I was like, I can kind of hear it, but like, it might get drowned out by like the other instruments, but it's like, okay. And it was just like one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Like I really did not want to play that show. And, uh, it was just really bad. It was just so, so terrible. So I'm, I'm just really happy that, I don't have to do that anymore. Just getting up there and trying to pretend like I know what I'm doing. It was just really nerve wracking. That's, that's kind of how I go into every show. Being honest, uh, at LDB fest, uh, we just played once up close, just played LDB and, uh, on our way down, I was going to bring my guitar out in the van and like play it. And Ryan packed his guitar and not mine. Uh-huh. So I had to play his Ibanez and, uh, I never, use like tuning locks before or like know how to tune a tuning lock so like i get up on stage and i'm like i plug it all in and i tried tuning and there was like tuning locks so i didn't know what to do so i didn't know how to tune the guitar luckily it was all tuned it was like all good and i remember after playing like the first song i like turned around and looked at the people behind the 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 cab and just going i don't know how to do this (laughs) and just (laughs) yeah i never played with tuning locks before um i know that might sound stupid but i i don't that's not something i ever uh had the luxury of playing or having so um i go on stage i plug in the guitar and i go to tune and i didn't know what to do so luckily it was all already like in tune or like 
close to being in tune. Um, so I play like the first couple songs and uh, I remember turning around and like looking at the people behind the cab and just going, I don't know how to tune this out of like just being desperate and not knowing what to do. And I remember uh, like telling BT that I did, or the bassist uh, that I didn't know what I was like, how to do it. And he just starts laughing at me. Like we're, he, we just start laughing at each other because we're just ignorant and don't understand our instruments. But we played great. It, it sounded cool. People had fun. So I guess you just got to fake it till you make it or until the set's over. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I can't wait to watch the video from that set uh, from LDB because uh, my buddy Steven from 197 Media was there filming the entire fest. So like, I, I seriously can't wait till your guys' set comes out because I feel like it's going to be like a really fun video. Dude, hell yeah. That's, that's cool. I remember um, I like... Uh, playing and looking out and just seeing people smile so hopefully you can see the smiles in that video everyone having fun hell yeah um so i, I kind of want to jump back to last year one step closer anxious you guys went on a full us which is pretty insane um because it's not that often that bands do that so the fact that these two younger bands got together and just went across america i thought it was like one of the coolest things ever yeah, that was uh, the coolest time of my life, honestly. It was pretty pretty intense at some points, but it was just, it was a, it was crazy. It was so cool. Okay, so um, was, uh, so I'm looking at the tour flyer, the last date, uh, the July 29th, um, there's a Wilkes-Barre date. Uh, was there a show that happened that day? Because I'm, I'm trying to find a, fly, a flyer for it, but I can't find it anywhere. Uh, there was supposed to be a show, but I think it just ended up not working out. Um, and it might be for the better because I just wanted to see my mom, girlfriend, and my friends that I haven't seen. So I'm pretty, so I'm not too bummed on that. But yeah, the show kind of just like fell through. Okay. So, okay. So the show fell through. So that means you guys started this tour playing one of the Have Heart reunion shows. And then you guys ended the tour playing This Is Hardcore, which is insane to think about for, like I said, these two younger bands coming up, doing a full U.S. tour. Like, that is just so crazy to think about. And especially, like, not even talking about all the dates you guys played in between, including Sound and Fury and a bunch of other awesome cities. It's just crazy and really cool to think about. Dude, yeah. uh, Sound and Fury fucking rock um yeah I, I credit all of that to um the like playing with um half heart and then america's hardcore or uh was it oh man i get those two fest oh uh, this is hardcore and uh sound of fear all that to uh the law of attraction just saying being positive about one thing saying it's gonna happen and it will happen that's why i think we uh we did all that stuff it's pretty crazy that it all worked out and none of us died on that trip yeah i was really anticipating your guys's sound and fury set just because uh, before that i had ryan on the podcast and i i really enjoyed that conversation with him and then just being able to just listen to the music and just grow with it and just be like holy shit this band's coming to sound and fury this is going to be like really awesome and uh, I, I remember I was upstairs and I was just like so stoked to finally see you guys live because that was my first time ever seeing you guys um, was at Sound and Fury so I, I was like just really happy with how that set went 
that's so cool. I was pretty, I was pretty happy with that too. It was crazy to see that some people out there like knew the words and shit. That like blew me away. Yeah, for sure. It's always cool. Um, and it's really awesome that, uh, kids are taking the time and actually knowing and like learning the lyrics, um, to these bands that are coming to the area. And, And it's cool to see like everybody come together at like these big fests and just show love to all the bands. Dude, yeah, I love going to fest, playing fest, and just seeing bands at fest. Every like, it doesn't matter who's playing; like, you're gonna get a cool reaction. You know what I mean? Like, people are gonna sing along, people are gonna move. It's it's such a good atmosphere. I love festivals. Yeah, I, I had the um, privilege to travel out to FYA. I, I mentioned earlier, like that's where we met, and I was like not really sure like how I was going to enjoy the experience, but I really have like no bad things to say about that experience. Uh, well, minus my buddy ending up in the hospital, but everything else about that uh, trip, it was just like super awesome. Yeah. Dude, this is my worst nightmare. I'm so sorry. Dude, it's all good. I moved to a, a different room in my house to see if maybe if that helps. No, it's like, um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I I have this like Bluetooth uh, network adapter and I'm not sure if it's like finally giving out because I've had it for like a really long time. Maybe like maybe like four years and I'm not sure, but I'm so sorry. And like I'm like in the middle of telling a story and then I finish it like uh, Ross, are you still there? So like I don't even know what you heard or didn't hear. Dude, yeah, I was uh, a, what was I say? I'll say something and then. Oh, I asked if your your homie's still good, and then I just cut out. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me try. All right. Uh, let's just jump back into it. If the internet cuts out again, I'm gonna have to go reset it, and hopefully it doesn't give us any more issues. Um, but once again, I apologize. Dude, it's all good. When okay. I asked if your your homie was good in the pocket, I was like, oh god, what happened? <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. So yeah, Evan. Shout out to Evan Sodman. Um. I'm not sure exactly what um, had uh, happened to him. We just know that it was uh, something to do with, like, he had this um, blood issue, and literally to this day, they don't know what caused it. But um, he ended up uh, getting better and was able to fly out, like, two days after FYA. And he, um, he's, I'm pretty sure he's totally fine now, because I, I literally just saw him on Monday, and we haven't talked about any issues or any health issues so i'm pretty sure he's like doing better dude that's so scary thank god though yeah it it was definitely a a, a trip because uh obviously uh he had to miss day two and we went to the fest and obviously we're all trying to have a good time but in the back of our minds we're like holy shit like we hope he gets better and not worse so it's uh, as soon as the, the fest ended the second day, like we just cut out of there and went to the hospital. Like we didn't really say goodbye to anybody. We just had to take off cause we're like, um, we, well, I felt a little guilty because we were there like the whole time and he had to sit up in the hospital the whole day. So we're like, all right, the fest's over. Like, let's just go check up on him. So, uh, luckily we went and, um, he was good. It, it didn't get like too crazy. Damn, dude! Thank God. That's that. That's a that definitely is a trip. I'd be freaking out if, if I was in your position. 
Yeah, and I, I felt really bad for him too because, uh, like, the first night, like after um, we got back to our Airbnb, uh, I just passed out, and then I wake up to like text to our, our group chat talking about uh, you know Evans in the hospital, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, it's like, um, like really, because like my body was still on like West Coast time, so I was still waking up like super early. And like yeah. I was like the only one up and I was laying like in bed, like kind of catching up in the group text. Like, what the hell? Like Evan's in the hospital. And like, I was kind of mad that you nobody. W- group text. Yeah. Like I, I was kind of mad that nobody woke me up to go to the hospital with them. But uh, everybody was like, no, like you're like, you know, uh, sleeping and you're really hard to get up, which is true. I'm a heavy sleeper, but I'm like, dude, <laughs> I still would have liked to have gone to the hospital and make sure he's OK. Like, what if I would woken up while you guys were gone? Like, I, I would have been like just like super like worried about it and uh it was just a weird situation but thankfully he was able to make it home and he's like doing better uh haven't heard of any issues so shout out to evan for getting better dude shout out evan dude you're gonna live forever (laughs) sometimes uh i i think about that if i had that option like would i take it and part of me wants to say yes like i i I 100% would take that i am so scared of death Oh really? So there's nothing. So there's li- I'm just floating in this atmosphere. I would love it. Yeah, I, I feel like I would like to be there uh, to be a part of the war against artificial intelligence. Well, dude, I, I don't even know. I, I just want to. <laughs> I don't think of the uh, the events that would take place, but okay. Damn, I guess that's true. I might if there's a zombie apocalypse, I'd have to live through that. Yo. Um, oh. If you're living forever and then you get bit by a zombie, would you live forever as a zombie or would you just be immune? I feel, well, I feel like it it just depends on the terms of your immortality. Um, I feel like I would imagine you would just stay normal forever uh, and and not get turned because I feel like nothing could harm you. Or would you just like... I I, I wish I read the paperwork. Yeah, (laughs) we got to read the fine print and find out exactly what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I would love to live through a zombie apocalypse or even, like, any kind of apocalypse just to see how people would react and, like, I don't know. What? I just don't want to die. <laughs> Long story short. short. <laughs> what about this uh, coronavirus that's going on right now? Dude, I love being sick. And from what I hear, it like, you just feel sick for a couple months. But I guess now I'm hearing you're going to die, so I don't want the coronavirus anymore. But Wait. that shit is scary. Did you say you like being sick? Dude, I love being sick. I'm a little sick right now, and I'm sitting on a couch with a blanket, and I feel the best I've ever felt. And is that be- being sick. Is, is that because you, you get like an excuse to kind of just be lazy and not go out and about, or do you just enjoy that feeling of being kind of weak and like ill? Yeah, I like just kind of chilling, like. I don't know if, if someone was like, hey, can you do this for me? I could be like, ah, oh, I'm just sick. I can't right now. And then just like, yeah, the feeling of uh, being like just just fragile and just watching a movie and just hanging out. It's just so good. Even just sneezing. It just feels good. <laughs> Dude, I, I hate sneezing. It, 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 I get embarrassed like, when I have to sneeze and there's somebody around. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, and like, I, I feel like, because there's that split second where you have to like close your eyes. I'm like, what if this person like, you know, bum rushes me and like, that's it. I died because I was sneezing and this person caught me off guard. 
Do you know you sneeze in their face? <laughs> Dude, I sneeze loud and proud. I let the world know. Um, so I, I'm just curious, going back to the coronavirus, has there um, been any like outbreaks or has anybody um, had it in your area? Oh, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I really hope not. Um, damn. I don't know. I think everyone's cool. I know uh, strep throat's going around right now. Okay. And, like, uh, people are just getting, like, the flu's going around, but I don't know if anyone's getting the, the corona. Okay. Because um, where I'm at in Orange County, uh, there's a guy that got it, and it, like, made the news, and they, like, kind of um, detailed, like, his um, whereabouts that day like he was at like this mall and then went to like the, the 99 cent store so they're kind of showing you like where he went throughout the day to kind of let people know like hey if you were in this area um, today or yesterday like be careful because you might get the virus and I'm like holy shit like that crazy thing is like literally like 20 minutes from where I'm at it's kind of a trip dude I gotta look more into it I feel like that coronavirus shit is way more serious than I think it is. And that, that's not cool. That's pretty, the fact that I know everywhere he was is pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely pretty intense. And like, um, like there's like a ton of memes and jokes going around because like something that serious, like it doesn't really hit close to home. Like a lot of the times, normally it's like in other parts of the world. So you don't really take it serious. But on Wednesday I had a buddy, uh, who was flying? He was supposed to um, fly into L.A. because he, he was on his way to Bali. Him and his girl were doing like a, I, th- I think, a Valentine's Day trip for, uh, to Bali. But they had a layover in L.A. and we were gonna hang out. But he hit me up and was like, "Yo, like I can't, or not I can't." He said, um, "We're actually not going to L.A. anymore. They're like rerouting our flight because of the coronavirus. So like they had to go like um, another direction." And I was like, "Oh shit! Like it's like." pretty real like um you know and for my buddy's like flight to get rerouted because of this thing i'm like it's so crazy i'm like all right like i'm gonna take it a little more serious and stop like thinking of it as a joke because it's actually affecting people and people are dying from it so i'm like all right people are dying yes are you you haven't seen the videos of people just like falling over in china no, I stay away from that stuff because it oh. freaks me out. It makes me think of death. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> so just, there's, uh, there's um, the, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah. There's a death toll, um, but uh, hopefully nobody in your area has it, and hopefully since you're already sick, hopefully you, you don't have it. You might have it right now and not even know. Dude, that's not funny. Oh my god, <laughs> I hope I don't have it. I'm gonna okay. go to the doctor tomorrow. You might get that's so scary. You're, you're, <laughs> how are you gonna dying. present that? You're gonna be like, uh, hi, I'm, I'm here for my. Uh, checkup on the coronavirus. I, I feel like if you go there and mention that, like they'll quarantine you right away because they, they don't want to take any risks. Dude, that's scary. I know, uh, like all the the flu testing or like, because I guess a lot of people are like getting sick right now and they go to the doctor. All like the flu tests or whatever the the thing they need to do, they like ran out of it or like the flu shot or something. They ran out of the whatever it is, so like no one can go get tested for. I guess a couple days until they restock. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've honestly never heard of that. Yeah, I did think that was a thing. There's supposed to be doctors and no, but I guess if if it's the coronavirus, I would be extremely ignorant to it. I might have it right now. I know I'm scared, but I'll live on. I'm immortal. Okay. Yes, you'll live forever. Um, (laughs) Switching gears, uh, going back to the band. Um, it was recently announced. Um, you guys are going on a tour with Knucklepuck. 
Dude, yeah, that's so wild to me that that was even like a thought, but it's happening, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, how were you guys approached to do that tour? Because I find it really interesting, but cool at the same time, because I know um, at least some of those guys in Knuckle Puck are hardcore kids. Yeah, um, we, I think it was on the full U.S. We went to a burrito place in Chicago, and I think the guitarist was there, and uh, Grady was just taught like we just started like talking to this guy, um, and we're just like just talking to him because he had some hardcore shirt on, and when hardcore kids see kids with hardcore shirts, we just talk. So we're just talking to him. He seemed pretty cool, and then uh, he like left. Uh, Grady got his number, and then Dante was like, "That was the guitarist of Knucklepuck," and then they, I think he. He liked our band or something, and then asked us to do the the tour, which is pretty, pretty crazy. I think that's how it came about. I'm not too sure on the details, um, but I think that I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. But it's pretty wild. Yeah, right. Thank place. God for burritos. Yeah, you guys just went stepped into this burrito shop and had no idea that there was this guy in there who played in a cool band, and you guys just kind of just chatted and linked up, and here we are now. You guys are going on a cool tour, and if I'm gonna be honest, I was like, I saw the flyer, and like, I didn't look at the dates, and I was just like, please be on the Anaheim date. And then I looked, <laughs> and I saw that you guys weren't on the Anaheim date, and I was just kind of bummed. I was like, damn it! I, I was like, that'd be so cool to have that in California, dude. Yeah, I think um, yeah, we have to do. We're doing half that. Um, I'm filling in for anxious for oh. a couple dates on okay. there, and then we have to fly out to Europe to do that thing. Um, that turnstile gag literary run, which is even, that's so cool. I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. That, that thing, <laughs> I, I feel like it's kind of a big deal. You reference it as just that thing. Um, we can talk about that. I, I, I saw, um, cause you guys just announced, um, it was one show at first and then you guys came out with the full flyer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I look at that, and um, it's cool to see Gag on there. Shout out Gag. Um, and then it's cool, uh, you guys and Glitterer, uh, how were you guys approached to, to do this tour? Because I, I feel like it's a definitely a, a mixed lineup because all the bands on there all sound so different, but I think it's so cool. Um, I don't know how we were approached. I think Ryan texted the, uh, the group chat and was like, you guys want to do a tour with turnstile lol and we were like like sure like because it was uh, he didn't really say like hey we got asked he was like you guys want to like it sounded like a joke so we're like yeah sure and then he was like yeah we got asked to do it with all these people and we were like oh my god that's fucking crazy so we kind of just got asked (laughs) i really know there was there's not like a crazy story behind that one like a burrito meeting but um yeah we just got asked and I don't know. That's I, it's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to be in a, another country too. That's that's blowing me away. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome that uh, whoever hit you guys up is uh, in tune with what's going on and can uh, appreciate a younger band and see the potential in you guys and ask <laughs> you guys to do something like that. Because if you look at uh, Turnstile, arguably one of the biggest bands in hardcore. Like they've got to that point where they're doing crazy festivals and playing shows outside oh, yeah, of hardcore. Sure. 
and the fact that they haven't even um, been too busy uh, as of late, I, I feel like they are kind of just like took a break. So to see you guys go on that run with them in Europe is just insane. Yeah, uh, I I think Vitalo. Yeah, Vitalo uh, texted Ryan and asked us, so I'm gonna say thank you to Vitalo. Shout out to Vitalo. Um, but yeah, it's that's I don't know. I'm I'm super into Harry Potter, so when we go to London or anything, I'm gonna force everyone to go and see Harry Potter shit with me. I think that's gonna be super cool. And real quick, yeah, I think also we're getting like a a crazy like a like a um, I think like a a bus or something. So we're gonna be comfortable, which is like crazy to me that I'm gonna be able to like sleep not on Tommy or like on Ryan. Like we could, that's that's blowing me away. It's gonna be cool, dude. You guys are doing it big in Europe, one step closer. That's that's so I crazy. <laughs> that's that's so crazy and so cool. And that, that's awesome. You guys get to have like just that one less stress of. Uh, not having to worry about driving and you guys can just like be comfortable and like have a good time dude that kind of stresses me out because when you go over there i didn't know like you like everyone gets a driver like like if you're a band and you go over there you have to like get a driver because you can't read the signs like i'm gonna be in a place where i can't know what's around me kind of you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i won't be able to know where the like what the, the sign says or I don't know. It's a little stressful to think about, but it's going to be So you mentioned Harry Potter, and if I'm going to be honest, I never got into Harry Potter, and like some of my close friends. I feel bad for you. <laughs> okay, yeah, and some of my friends are like really um, into Harry Harry Potter, and they're like, okay, um, you can read the books and watch the movies, or like they are like you can be okay with just watching the movies, and I've never gotten around to it. But I've been to Universal in um, L.A. and Universal in Orlando, and I got to experience the Harry Potter stuff. And it was really cool to me, but I was like, damn it. I was like, I bet if I knew, like, what this stuff was actually from, like, I would like it even more. Because, like, we went on the newest ride in uh, Orlando. It was um, we're on some motorcycle. What the hell is the, the guy's name? What was the guy's Hag- name with the Hagrid? big beard? Yeah, we went on the Hagrid yeah. coaster. And I was just like seeing like a bunch of stuff and I was like, okay, I was like, I don't know the meaning of any of this, but this is like a really cool ride. Dude, that shit's so bomb. Uh, the, the line going up into that ride when you're like going through the castle a little bit and you just like, I don't know. I was, I was freaked out. I was having the time of my life. And I, I, I've been there too with my girlfriend and, uh, and her sister and we okay. were like geeking out. It was so cool. Most of the time I was there at Universal, I spent it in like Diagon Alley and shit like that. Yo, so that area is so sick. Like, I, I heard people like talking about it, and I've heard about it before. But like, just the amount of detail that they put into like that whole area, and like, I feel like just like the entrance to it. Like, it, if you're walking by like that wall, like you wouldn't even realize like what's on the other side. Like, just like the massive no, amount yeah. of stuff. Like, there's like a giant dragon that you see like right when you like are walking down that first like walkway. It's so insane. Dude, it's so cool. It's so fucking sick. Yeah, I love that stuff. we were um, and just like like I, we were in this one area and I, I didn't know what it was called, but it was like super dark. And I was like, why is it so dark down here? And then like one of my friends was like trying to explain it to me. And I was just like, I don't know what it means, but it's like really cool that they like kind of like made it like that dark on purpose. Cause like it was really like hard for me to see. Cause I went like from being in the sun and then walking into like this little area that was just like super dark. 
Oh, uh, oh man, I might sound like is it? Uh, there's diagonally. I think it's nocturnality or something like that. Yeah, I'm I might all... be wrong to say that. I might be offending all <laughs> all Harry Potter fans, but I think I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was just insane. But um, there was the other ride that we went on. It was like that bank ride. Oh, Gringotts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that ride was cool too. I I, I like the effects and um the just seeing those like weird little like I I don't even know what they're called, but just seeing them like handle like all the gold and stuff. It was like pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm. I got really sick from that ride. Actually, I remember <laughs> remember getting off and just having to like sit down for a minute. I did have like I think it was I had like two two uh, things of butterbeer. Okay. So that might have all the sugar might have fucked me up, but yeah, that ride fucking rocks too. Everything in that area just rocks. It's so cool. So do you? And then you, do you take the uh, the train to uh, to Hogsmeade? Yes, because um, we don't have that in California. So that was like one thing. Like my friends were like, "Yo, like we have to do this." So I was like, "All right, like I'll do it." And it was actually pretty crazy. I I liked like the effects, like you know, for like the like the window, and then even like the characters that are like you know, you can see their silhouettes on like the door to the cab, and like you can hear them talk. I I thought that was like pretty cool. Dude, yeah, I'm getting giddy thinking about it. My uh, my girlfriend has a season pass for there because they're her family. Um, they're all huge Harry Potter nerds. Okay. So like they um they have a season pass and they'll go every time there's a new ride or or whatever. Their mom um just moved back from Florida actually, but they would be down there a lot and uh, she's been trying to talk me into getting a season pass. But I'm, I'm thinking about it. But if I do, I'm probably probably get a get a stay at Hogsmeade and just live there for the rest of my life. Immortal. So do you get like go all out and like wear your robe there and bring your wand? Uh, I do have a wand. That okay. is a fact. Uh, I have a scarf and I have my Ravenclaw sweater, um, but I don't have a robe yet. I will one day, maybe. But no, uh, she does. My girlfriend does. Whenever uh, her and her sister go, uh, they go. There's um, an event there. I, I forget what it's called, but where everyone goes and they just do cosplays. And they'll go in their robes and just like, just have fun. It sounds so cool to me. It probably sounds super nerdy, but it just sounds so cool. I want to do that shit so bad. And are you, <laughs> you and your girlfriend, are you guys from the same house? No, I'm a Ravenclaw and she's a Gryffindor. Okay. I, I, I don't even know how many houses there are. There's only four. Okay. I have a Ravenclaw scarf actually that I I, I do wear out. I'm I'm that into it. I look good in that scarf too. Don't let anyone tell you I don't. Okay. If you guys play a Halloween show this year, you got to go full Ravenclaw on stage. I think I already have. I've oh, worn really? a Ravenclaw sweater and scarf on stage before, and I look damn good. I don't think anyone even noticed. I just looked in my house natural. <laughs> People are like, oh, he's he just looks really nice in that fancy sweater and not Damn, realizing that's, that's it's from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Um, so uh, last thing on Europe, uh, you guys are playing uh, that b- big that big fest with Knock Loose. Can you talk about how that's going to be <laughs> in your mind? Because I, I, I look at that and I'm like, okay, like – a lot of the the bigger bands from the states are playing and i was just like okay that's like pretty awesome I, I'm, I'm stoked to see that furies on there because I, I just love to see them get out and do cool shit dude yeah i'm stoked to see fury that's gonna be cool i don't know how that fast is gonna go 
that's um I don't know. I mean I don't know. I'm pretty excited for that. I hope all the uh the bands from the states uh fucking I don't know. I'm I'm I don't know. That that's going to be super crazy, I think. Um I'm, I I think uh the time there is going to be a lot of fun. Um like we're friends with uh, a lot of those bands that are playing or at least like know the people. Mm-hmm. But um that's going to be so cool. I'm pretty pretty excited for that. That's going to be fucking wild. And so you guys are going back there. It's like in the middle of summer. Do you guys have any other shows out there planned, or do you guys just flying for that one-off? Uh, we do have other shows out there planned. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but if you push me hard enough, I might. You know, it's it's commonplace for people to break news on the podcast. Bands have announced breaking up. People have talked about new tours. So have broken up on the podcast. Yeah, yeah uh, there's. Uh, <laughs> I was done. We're breaking up. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, it's too soon for you guys. Um, don't do that. But um, I, I feel like it would be okay if um, you shared that news. I don't think anybody would be mad. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if it's all figured. Uh, I guess they we're gonna do. Oh man, I don't know if I'm gonna just gonna say it because this is hard for it. But they're, we're going to do another trip over there. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> do another, like another like uh, another tour. I'm not going to say who or what or when, but it's going to be, I guess, like another thing over there. Okay. So th- thank you for sharing that. Is the, the, the tour leading up to Outbreak Fest or is it going to happen after the fest? I have no idea. I'm very bad with keeping up with uh, dates, which is how I like it if I'm being honest because I like being surprised where we are when I wake up or like the next day you know what I mean yeah well cool <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest I know that firsthand yeah <laughs> and this is just me pulling back the curtain because I uh I was blowing up your phone to get you to come on the podcast because the oh the- <laughs> Yeah. So you, okay. Now it now it's all coming together. Okay. So the, the the main reason why I wanted to have Ross on the podcast was because when we were at FYA, I was watching One Step Closer, and Ryan said, "Hey, we have a promo tape coming out in February," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." But I literally haven't heard anything since then. So I've been bugging Ross. I'm like, "Yo, I want to have you on before the promo drops. I want you to come on and talk about it." Um, like when is it dropping like let's try to schedule this and um, I, was, I felt like I was chasing you and bugging you um, but I'm happier here uh, but do you have any news can you talk about the promo like when's it dropping um, like how many songs it's gonna be yeah uh, one I'm sorry that you were that you, that you felt like you had to chase me I, again I'm just I'm bad with because I had to let you know about the dates and like when everything was good and I'm bad at keeping up with that but um as for the the promo um we just got the art done um i think last night or something we've been punishing peter maria for oh, our work okay he just he just got done it's pretty cool <laughs> um and then as for the promo it's going to be one song that uh we handcrafted and then another song that turning point did so a cover of turning point awesome and then that's gonna be all 
I think. Yeah, that's going to be it. And then when we're releasing that, no idea. We have to send the the art thing to um to Samuel Triple B, and then he will do whatever that needs to be done. And I think it's gonna. I, I think the plan is for it to be out before Knuckle Puck, okay, um, or at least before Europe. But it'll be out soon. I hope, and I hope people like it. And are we going to be expecting a physical release, or is this going to be digital? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I guess I'll say this too. Okay. Uh, I think we're doing a flexi for it. Um, I think uh, I think it's going to be a flexi. I don't really know what that is going to entail. I don't know if there's going to be a cover for it. I think it's just going to be a, the floppy thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're just going to put it out on a flexi. Well, there it is. Which is cool. I know Sam's been doing that a lot with brands, and I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, I I remember, uh, I think it was uh, some magazine that my um, old roommate was subscribed to. Uh, with every new issue, there'd be like a new flexi inside. I was like, oh, I'm like, that's awesome. That's like a cool way to get some stuff out like that and not have to worry about things getting damaged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I used, like I said, I used to be super into like, Descendants and shit. I remember, I think it was for my 16th birthday or something. Um, they they did um, a collab with Santa Cruz, and I remember um, my mom got me a Descendant Santa Cruz board, and inside had like a, a floppy disk or not, but a flexi mm-hmm. of uh, one of their new songs. Uh, and I thought that was cool. I didn't really like the song because they only have about a record and a half that I like, but. I thought that was cool that they did that, oh. and that's and that's the story. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I uh, always love to check out your guys's new music because I love to see um, where you guys go, and I like that you guys did a cover because I I like um, the cover you guys <laughs> did at Sound and Fury. I, I, I thought that was like like really awesome for you guys to do that the the inside out cover. Um, but. Dude, yeah, that was crazy. After we did that, um, I guess someone knew uh, Zach De La Rocha in the crowd and like recorded it and sent it to him. And then um, they were, I guess, they were talking to Pat Flynn about it, and Zach De La Rocha like responded back and said like, "Damn, that's so cool. That band rocks. This and that," which is fucking crazy to me that like he like saw us play and said that that band rocks. I thought that was cool. Dude, it's because we covered his like old band. Yeah, That's so wild. Yeah, no, it's cool. I I feel like um the cover went over well. Like, there's so many kids that knew what was going on because sometimes you'll see bands do a cover and uh they're you know most time uh people will just be like oh like what is this and like just stand around. But to see you guys you know first time at Sound and Fury do that cover and kids just going nuts, I was like all right, this is definitely like a cool sight to see. Dude, yeah, for sure. I was I was geeking out. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so you guys seem pretty busy. Oh, and you guys also um, are on United Blood, which we haven't mentioned, but you guys were on that first announcement. Dude, yeah, United Blood is going to fucking rock. I'm so excited for that. And That's going to uh, be cool. I can't. Did you guys play last year? Because I I know uh, I, I'm pretty sure choice to make was on the bill, but I can't remember if you guys played. 
Yeah, we played last year. When we played, uh, the sound guy yelled at us while we were playing. Fuck him. I'm going to blow out another PA this year. I'm joking. I'm not going gonna, gonna to try not to do that. <laughs> Wait, is that why he yelled at you guys? Yeah, because like I said, we're super ignorant and we don't know how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, my head was like 400 watt or some shit like that. And you're supposed to do pl- plug that in or have that hooked up with, um, I think, a higher wattage cab to have headroom. Or I'm learning this as I go. I don't really know. Okay. Something like that. Okay. And I guess I was giving out too much power with that head plus all my pedals. Um, midway through, I guess I blew out a PA, and uh, before we started a song, uh, he just went over the mic and was like, can you stop that? And then we were all, everyone was just like, what are you talking about? And then we had to like fix something, and then nothing changed. We still played, and we blew out a PA because we're stupid. But it was <laughs> pretty crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Well, hopefully this year you can uh, get the correct wattage and uh, not and destroy. And blow four more PAs. <laughs> no, no, just uh, no no more destruction. You guys are uh, going too crazy. <laughs> no, we're, I'm going to definitely try and not bum out the sound guy this year, but <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, but uh, it, it's, it's cool to see you guys uh, get on that fast because you think about it, you guys have played FYA, LDB and now coming up United Blood and you guys are on this crazy hot streak. I feel like you guys need to play all the fests this year and I feel like that'd just be such a crazy streak from the beginning to the end. Hopefully. That'd be pretty fucking sick, honestly. I mean... Is it possible? I'm down for it all. Okay, because the... Well, okay, so I I guess it depends on when you guys go back to Europe um leading up to outbreak because if the tour is leading up to outbreak um you guys could definitely make it back in time to come play sound and fury again uh th- th- this is yeah. hardcore again uh still won't break america's hardcore uh yeah you you guys could make this work <laughs> if people if people are down and would like to have us out there and destroy their pas we would be more than willing to do that Yes. Not the PA part, but we, 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 if people are into it, I don't know. That would be cool. Yeah, because I feel like you guys are, um, like, that tour last year, it's just like, holy shit, like, how do you top something like that? But with the run, you I guys are... do. No, do uh, yeah, it's like, it's so crazy, just the crazy shows that you guys played. But with what you guys have already done in 2020 we're literally like a month and a half into the new year and you guys have already made so many like crazy waves and playing these big fests i feel like there's a chance that you guys could maybe even do something crazier i don't think anything could uh top fucking half heart honestly if dude. like maybe if turning point came back dude. but i'm pretty sure skip is r.i.p i don't think that'll ever happen what was it like playing on that outdoor stage uh terrifying i was i remember before i think we uh who do we i think it was like vain or something or maybe not Mm -hmm. we did a, a secret thing um after a band and i remember going up there and like looking out and like half like literally not half probably a good 75% of people didn't give a fuck and it was so cool. 
and then um <laughs> once we started playing they would like look over and they would kind of watch but playing to that many people was fucking really crazy especially like how blatant a lot of people just didn't care mm-hmm. and like i never thought of that but like for a lot of bands like you'll watch them and then you would look around and there's like a good 500 people at big concerts that just don't care and like that's so crazy to me that i don't know it's like i don't know it was a trip it was so cool i shit my pants on stage i i didn't know that like that was going to be like the setup for like that show like i i know like leading up to it it was um you know supposed to be outside but i I never knew it was going to be that massive and it's like seeing like pictures and stuff on instagram and twitter i was like holy shit like that is like a really really big show because like when you see like those kinds of like crowds it's normally at like a festival but it was just like all those people showed up for a normal show no yeah i mean like looking back like that show almost didn't happen because of the rain Mm -hmm. um there was a big concern for that and i remember um people just kind of being like if it rains we refund it and we'll do it tomorrow and uh we wouldn't be able to do it if it was the next day because we had a show somewhere else but um looking back also that was like it was a show but it was like a mini festival because of like all the bands that were on there mm-hmm. it was pretty crazy it was, it was super cool and then it rained as soon as i think like right after half hour when we started like when people started like exiting it started just downpouring and it, the rain couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah. It was just waiting for the show to pass. Yeah. God wanted to see Half Heart. And then he was just so moved that he just started crying. Or the the big, the, the, the thing in the sky was just so moved that the thing just started crying. Yeah. It was just like, wow. All these bands together in one place. It just sounds so beautiful. <laughs> it sounds so good. Yeah. That, that thing up there is a softie. Uh, one thing I, I always find interesting, um, your guys' merch, uh, who comes up with the ideas? Because I will see that um, you guys did those um, uh, multicolored hoodies um, at FYA last year, and I'll see those yeah. like floating around, and I'm like, dude, those things are so sick. Like, Who, who comes up with your guys' like, merch ideas? Um, I do a lot of the, come up with a lot of the ideas, um, but Ryan, Tommy, and BT, like, we kind of all do, especially when it comes to the uh, the cut and sew. I taught Ryan and Tommy how to sew, mm-hmm. and then me, Ryan, and Tommy, like we'll come up with colorways and then um come up with like the design of it, um, and then we kind of just go for it. a lot of our ideas that we come up with can't work because they're not <laughs> possible, but um we kind of just throw. Like we just kind of throw ideas out there and see what sticks, and they sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Like we um those cut and sews, the last ones we did, I'm trying to I think we did um sweatpants, we did sweatpants for um oh what fest was that out in Tulsa? Was it Promcore? Yeah, Promcore. We did sweatpants for Promcore, and for some reason we thought it was a good idea to do sweatpants in the middle of the summer and um in a super hot environment because people over there love sweatpants <laughs> but yeah we did sweatpants and i remember me and tommy 
literally uh, living in Ryan's grand's basement uh, for a week. I put me and Tommy put ten hours a day for a week into those sweatpants, and that was the craziest time that I've ever had sewing. I had dreams of sewing. Like I would fall asleep at the sewing machine and then wake up and continue to sew. It was fucking dreadful. I had no idea you guys did those by hand. I, I thought you guys just like outsourced that stuff. Oh no, we no. Uh, um, I I really like sewing and like making like me like we all just love designing clothes and just making shit. Mm-hmm. So um, the merch is just another way of us kind of expressing that love that we have for that. So um, yeah, we do all that by hand and. It's a lot of fun. I think it makes the merch a little bit more personal instead of just like printing a shirt and giving like selling that. We like put like ten plus hours a day of work into it just to give it to some people, which is pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah. Like the last hoodies we did, we hand dyed them. Like oh. Yeah, we, uh, we bought dye and just like put. <laughs> that was pretty nutty. My hands are still a little black from from the dye, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember at FYA, I guess I showed up a little late, but I was trying to get one of those like ex- exclusive colorways, and they're all sold out. I'm like, Jesus, like I guess I like suck at getting cool merch. <laughs> Dude, that F or uh, oh yeah, okay, yeah FYA, I did not expect them to go that fast. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure we sold them for like twenty five, thirty bucks because we I didn't we didn't think anybody really knew who one step closer was and we were playing like an after show so we just kind of wanted to get rid of them because we put so much work but people seemed to love them and that was really cool to see them go and see people like wear them which was, was really cool too yeah that was and, wild and they definitely uh stick out you can spot that from like a mile away oh yeah it's pretty cool i remember on the the full u.s um I this is one of those ideas that I had that didn't work. Um, I thought it would be cool if um I did cut and sews in the van or at a venue and like do them there. Like um uh, I tried I brought a sewing machine in the van and then every time I had time to like sit down before we played or after we played, I would try banging out T-shirts that I would make and uh, it didn't go well at all. I remember during the half art show in California, yeah, in California, the second day I was sitting under the stage or like in the green room, just in a corner just by myself with t-shirts all over me with a sewing machine, just looking like a nut, just ripping t-shirts out. And I think I still didn't even get all the shirts done. I think I only got like half them done. So we have like a bunch of cut up t-shirts in someone's car right now that are just unfinished. Thing. Yeah, I feel like that, that that seems like a, kind of like a nightmare task to try to do on the road since there's always like so many different like, you know, things going on and you have to like, you know, take care of so many things because like you're a touring band. So uh, that that's pretty crazy that you try to do that on the road. Yeah, I demolished the sewing machine too. I like really fucked it up and it was my mom's and I felt bad mm-hmm. and she just recently got the first look at it because we've been like because we keep all the stuff in Ryan's Graham's basement because mm-hmm. so, like that's where we do all the stuff and my mom needed it to hem some jeans and I showed it to her and she was like what the fuck is this this is destroyed I can't use it 
because it was destroyed and she wasn't really able to use it and i feel bad so now i'm trying to save up to buy my mom a new song machine yeah <laughs> pretty shitty but it's cool yeah no and like i'm seriously just like uh still like i i think it's really cool that you guys like to do that kind of custom stuff for you guys' merch and like like i listen to your guys' band and like i like you know know some of you guys so it's just like and i didn't even know you guys did that like stuff by hand so now i'm just like damn like i feel like people should uh be aware of that kind of stuff and know like how special like those items are since you guys do put a lot of work into it and it's not just getting outsourced like I thought it's like you guys actually working hard to put these cool things together I, I just think it's really awesome yeah one thing I do like about um the merch is that no one really tries to flip it for like crazy amounts like with that gold hoodie like um people selling that shit for like 500 bucks like I'm so happy that people get it and they wear it like they're not trying to profit off hardcore you know what I mean like the people that bought those gold hoodies can go fuck themselves and like that, that try to like resell it for like 500 mm-hmm. that shit's so whack you know what i mean yeah i, I just want to know like who are these people that are like trying to buy it, those hoodies for those prices it's just like why don't you just come out to a show and try to get it for the normal price instead of waiting to play Dude, yeah. or to pay like the um, resale value it's insane or like i guess like um they're playing and no one watched them and bought their hoodie like that's such a bummer that band rocks and like the hoodie was cool but like their music is sick you know like i'd rather fucking watch them play i don't know shout out to them though for putting a like destroying the the resale cost of that and just making sure everyone that wanted one got one i think that was such a cool move on that their part yeah shout out to cole um he plays in gulch and he also does the merch he's a guy that printed all that stuff um he's a really great guy he actually uh uh, printed my uh, most recent disney shirts that i got made so shout out to cole and printhead um give them a plug in the notes but really awesome yeah i i definitely like that they did that because uh there were a lot of people who didn't get a chance to purchase the hoodie like i remember one of my friends hit me up and was like yo can you just pick one up for me and i was like yeah like i'll go grab you one and like after their set like, i remember walking over to where their merch was and i saw this giant line and i had talked to cole before the set and i had asked him I'm like oh like how many hoodies did you guys bring and he's like yo like we brought 30 but people showed up to the airport to buy them from us so we only have 20 hoodies on us right now so uh, oh my god yeah because he, he yeah because he jokingly put their like um uh terminal information like on twitter not thinking anybody was going to be that serious but he told me that people showed up and were waiting for them to land and he sold like the hoodies to some of the people but he said that he didn't want to sell all of them because he wanted to save them for the fest um so after the set ended and i walked over and i saw how long the line was and knowing that they only had 20 i was like yeah i was like there's no way i'm going to get one so i was like i'm not even going to stand in line this is fucking crazy dude yeah me and uh the homie baby bride like we watched their set and like after their set we were like yeah let's go see what they got and i remember we just turned around and there was just a huge line and i don't know that it's cool that they like came up with something that was like so like wanted or whatever like they probably are gonna be able to pay for the recording and then some you know what i mean which is super cool for like pay like the band expenses off that but i don't know like i don't know the fact that people 
showed up to the terminal. Like, that's so fucking crazy. They were probably hyped, though, at the time. But then, like, I don't know. That's so crazy. I'd be, like, kind of confused because I'd be like, okay, like, I guess, like, you guys really, like, want this hoodie to show up, like, this early uh, to come and pick it up? Because I I know they landed, like, it was, like, I think around, like, 10 o'clock at night. So, it's, like, it wasn't some, like, you know, normal time of the day. It was, like, literally, like, super late and um, for these kids to, like, drive out there and, like, camp out. I I think it was, like, pretty insane. Fucking respect, I guess, if you're that dedicated. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting because I, I I know sometimes in hardcore like merch can get controversial like with like people reselling. I remember it was Sound and Fury, um, and at the time people were like flipping Rival Mob shirts on eBay for like a couple hundred dollars, and Rival Mob got wind of it and they're like, "Fuck that! Like, why are people flipping our T-shirts?" So at Sound and Fury they were limiting people to one t-shirt because um, they don't want anybody like coming up and just buying like a lot. So they're like, no, like we're only selling it. You guys like one shirt per person, like get in line. Respect. I, I hate that whole like resell shirt and hardcore. I hate that people like try like, I don't know, like profiting off of hardcore is just weird to me. Like you're buying a band shirt that you gave them like 15 bucks for just so you can make money off them that's just weird to me i guess i don't know yeah i don't like that uh that idea of that shit yeah like i i don't think i've ever like sold anybody like my like my band t-shirts i feel like if I get to the point where I don't want it anymore and somebody else wants it, like I, I just am happy to part ways with it. Just knowing that it's going to somebody who actually cares about it and wants to wear it versus like trying to make money off of people. Dude. Yeah. That's how, um, that's how I feel like it should be. Like when uh, I first got in, I remember, um, the homie giving me, uh, oh, was it? I think it was a mother of mercy shirt. And then just telling me to like, look them up. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. how it should be you don't want that shirt anymore you give it to a younger kid and say like hey do you know this band if not look them up they're sick or like do you like that band i have a shirt you can have it like that's what i did for again that my friend baby bry when i I got him into hardcore he started really liking the music so i gave him a bunch of like old t-shirts of mine just because like that's more that's just a nicer way of parting ways i feel and like continuing the just the love of hardcore i guess Yes, yeah, especially like when I grew out of a lot of stuff because when I like went from like wearing a medium <laughs> to a large, I couldn't fit into my mediums anymore. So like, I just gave away everything. I was like, take it. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Or even like uh, I like when people they'll bring bins to shows, and um, I think that's cool. I, I think I went to uh, I went to ah, uh, uh, and I went to a, some Jersey show. And uh, someone brought a bin of T-shirts they were selling, and at the end of the show, they just started throwing the T-shirts out and just <laughs> threw the box. I thought that was cool. That's crazy. That's cool though. How it should be, dog. Yeah, I, I hope people came up on some cool stuff. I remember um, I would always see like stop and think merch like being resold for like like hundred dollars, like you know the least I've ever like seen a shirt go for. Um, and I was just like, man, like that's like, I'm like that's like way way more than I ever want to pay for a shirt. 
um, especially since I know how much it costs to make a shirt. So I'm just like, ah, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to want to pay a hundred dollars for that. So I was like, whatever. And then I remember they, they came back and played and I was like, cool, I can just buy a shirt for normal price. But then they didn't have any shirts. So I was like, huh. yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. I was like, I was like, all right. I was like, I think I'm going to have to make my own at this point. So I remember, uh, I, I made like a, like a small amount. I think it may be like 15 and, I hit up all my friends that I knew that went to the show. I was like, hey, I was like, I made these shirts. And obviously, we all went because we like Stop and Think. So what's your address? I'm going to mail you this like Stop and Think shirt. And everybody was like, oh, that's weird. But thank you. Like, we weren't expecting this. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, I I did it because I know that we actually like the band and like nobody's going to pay like, you know, these hundred dollars for the the these used T-shirts. I was like, screw it. I was like, I'm just going to make them. They are, you know. Uh, they look nice so here just give me your address and I'll send them so that's what I did I, I made like 15 and I, I still have one for myself that I, I wear every now and then but like yeah literally the rest Dude, I just so cool. yeah like the rest like I sent out to people and then I still had some left over and then I like um, hit up some friends that I knew that like stop and think and just mailed them out made zero profit it was just something that I wanted to do for the people who I know that actually like the band dude that's fucking that's hype uh, I remember I had a when I first started like making clothes, I got into screen printing. Okay. And uh, I forget what band it was, but um, I don't think they ever even like did T-shirts. But I was trying to do in like a twenty-five shirts of this some. I forget the. I'm gonna have to call Peter and ask him what band it was. But um, it was a uh, some New York band, and I remember trying so hard to figure out how to screen print for the homies, but I couldn't do it. But yeah, I like I like it when people kind of do shit like that. Like they want a shirt, they don't want to spend a lot, so they just like make it for themselves in their basement or something. That's way cooler. Yeah, um, yeah. Screen printing is. Uh, I definitely wanted to get into it like back in the day, and I remember looking into it, and I was like, Dude, "This is so much work." I was like, "I can't do all this," so I just never did because like I just the thought of having to like try to like burn a screen i was like i don't even know how to do that i don't even have the space for that so i was like okay i was like i was like i have to go get these made by somebody because i can't do it myself with the the space and the time that i had dude yeah i remember um uh there's this local band broken homes i when i first got into screen printing i did a run of their shirts um and my sister and i remember i i kept burning my arm off of the bulb mm-hmm. trying to burn the screen or like a in the bathroom trying to rinse the screen out because you needed a certain light but i guess you don't need a certain light i don't know i didn't know what i was doing i thought i was trying to do the the most best way i could but uh kept burning my arm off the fucking bolt that like as soon as i was done with those shirts i like i have a touch screen printing sense i still have a scar on my arm like a circular like burn mark from trying to screen print and then that band broke up like a week after i did those shirts and they never sold the shirts which pretty kind of bums me out, but wow. it was cool. I wonder what they did with all the all those t-shirts. Uh, they're sitting in, I think they're sitting in Nick's bedroom right now. I think he gave some of them out, but I'm pretty sure there's like a stack of like 20 t-shirts of this kid's old band. That's it's pretty. <laughs> I kind of want one. Yeah, I. Uh, it was like 2016. I went to Disney World for the first time and it was uh, my friend Emily's birthday and 
it was uh, I, I got invited. She's like, hey, like I, I know you really like Disney and we like Disney and I we know you, you've never gone. So like, let's all go together for our first time. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm so down. Like, let's do it. And I, I kind of joked. I was like, how funny would it be if we like had like one of those like family like vacation shirts, but like not like looking super lame and they were like oh like we'd be down like you should make one so I was like okay so like i kind of crafted the idea i made some like mock like torty and it's like literally like a picture of all of us on the front and there's like tour dates on the back and like on the sleeve this is like happy birthday emily and there's i think like six of us who went to the trip but i made like 25 for some weird reason i, I don't know why i made so many and Outside of the people of the trip, I know I sent one to my buddy Jeff, who I mentioned earlier, in Yuma, because um, I listed like one of his venues on like the the tour dates, and he was like, "Hey, like that's really cool. Like I want one." So I was like, "All right, I'll, I'll send you one." Um, but outside of that, I have like a box of those T-shirts from our Disney World trip back in 2016 in my closet. Dude, that's so cool! You should try flipping it and saying like a <laughs> like super rare. Gulch, uh, bang or whatever. Super rare band that you might have never seen because they never played a show, but super rare. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, and I, I got, and I still wear the one that I have, like you know, that, that I wore for myself, like you know, on the trip, and I'll um, still wear it out, and people will like look at it and be like, hey, is that you on your shirt? And I'm like, yeah. I, and I'll just mess with them depending yeah, on who band. it is. Like if it's like a stranger, I'm like, yeah, it's my band. Like we were on tour, but um, it's just funny. Cause like people just like kind of like look at me weird. Cause it's just like, you know, I'm wearing a t-shirt of myself. Dude, that'd be so cool that that just gave me an idea of like starting a band, never writing a song or doing anything, but like making a bunch of fake flyers that happened in like the nineties that no one can like say or say didn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just building this band up to a hype and just start selling like this merch as if it's like something cool, but you can't find the music because it's so, because they were just so good. They didn't need to. They're an enigma. I'm going to do that now. That okay. is such a good idea. You should make, make band shirts for your band and then just like never play a show. <laughs> just say that, you're, that your band did all this stuff. Dude, it, it would be hard to unearth the truth because a lot of people from back then don't come around anymore. Dude, exactly. Fucking, uh, there's this this band, um, uh, Freelamp. Freelamp. They um, they're doing some crazy stuff in the '80s. They were very inspirational for me. I love that band. That's not a band, but that's gonna be the band name for this fake band that I'm gonna start hyping up. Freelamp. You were there. Um, you have the live recording from their record release back in the eighties on a floppy disk that I'm not going to show anybody. <laughs> have it on a flexi. I'm not, yeah. not going to show anybody. That's so funny. All right. Well, you can definitely make it happen. Cause honestly, I, I see some like old show flyers and there's bands that I look at and I'm like, who the hell is that? Like I've never even heard their music before. This is strange. Dude, because they're not real. That's why it's just hardcore kids fucking with the the young kids. That's yeah. what it is. So we cracked the code. We we're definitely late, but we cracked the code, and we got to start um, stiffing out all these fake bands from the '80s and the '90s. Dude, yeah, Turning Point. They were never a real band. It's just old heads making fun of the young kids, thinking that they like them. Like OSC, we've never even like heard at a Turning Point song we just think we like them you know we just like the aesthetic yeah and you guys just 
did this cover, but it's not even real. It won't even show up. Yeah, we on... wrote it. We're just fucking with people now. We <laughs> we wrote that song. Yeah, it's a low key um, original song by One Step Closer, dubbed as a cover. It's it's a cover, wink wink. But that band, <laughs> I don't know if that's like problematic to say. Never mind. Half Heart's not real either. They never happened. Yes, all, all those bands are fake. All the times I saw Half Heart at Chain, it was just a fake memory implanted in my brain. Dude, you ever hear that band Bad Seed? Everyone thinks they're so good and like they happen, but the reason why they're not doing the reunion is because like they never had they, they weren't a band, you know. You know what? Um, <laughs> I'm I'm so happy um, you brought up that band because I love that band so much, and I was fortunate enough to have seen them once. Uh, and I think back to that day, I'm just like, man, that was so fun. Dude, I am not fortunate enough to see Bad Seed. I wish, I wish I uh, I think I missed them only by a couple of years, but uh-huh. yeah, I love that band. I wish I got the chance to to see them. I, I remember going to Sound and Fury that year. I was like, I just want to see this one band. This is going to make my summer. Cause I, I remember this is like on like MySpace days. I was like listening to Bad Seed, which was like really strange to think about. And I was just like, I can't wait to see this live. And it was like all all I was looking forward to. And I couldn't have asked for a better set. And like seriously, I wish I was like a little bit older back then. So I, I was able to have the means to to travel because like i i feel like i I, honestly if i could have i i would have traveled uh out of the area to catch them because they literally played and never came back dude that that fucking that sucks i'm sorry dude they i don't know i i like watching uh old videos on them though they fucking they go off they have such like um a weird uh presence about them now like I hear people always saying like, "Oh, they're doing a reunion." Like, yeah, they're gonna be doing this, and it's like, no, I don't like. I don't even know where these people are like hearing that from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people are saying that they're gonna do a reunion at um at United Blood, and I can honestly uh, confirm that that is not true, or like and, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like people, are, it's just so weird that that band has like that mysterious power that people are just constantly saying they're doing reunions. It's so weird. Well, maybe people are just trying to speak it into existence because like one thing that I'll say is um, I, I feel like if you stick around in hardcore long enough, like you'll live to see those bands that people think will never get back together play a show. Um, I'm not sure what their situation is, uh, but I would love to see that happen again because I enjoy their music a lot. But uh, but if they never play again, I'll be okay with it too because I'll just be happy with that memory I have of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that law law of attraction. That's what um, that's how OSE does everything. We just we put the idea into the universe, and then hopefully it will happen. And that's, that's how we live our lives. And so maybe w- one day Batsy will come back. Maybe. Well, you're gonna live forever, so you'll be able to experience it. That's true. I'll see it one day when I am still alive. But <laughs> yeah. So you you live forever because you're scared of death. But how will you handle the emotion of losing everybody that you love? 
Um, geez, I mean, that's a heavy question there. Uh, I guess to avoid that, sooner or later, I'm going to have to cut ties before they even pass. Oh, I'm just gonna okay. have to, just so like I don't, I don't have to live through that. It's gonna, it's it's a hard life. I didn't choose it, but uh-huh. um, uh, I'm gonna have to. That's what I have to do. I've done that with um countless, countless of people throughout my long existence. But the people I'm surrounded by now, it's definitely gonna be the hardest to. <laughs> I'm not gonna cut ties with the homies. It's <laughs> 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 <This is> getting <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you ever seen Black Mirror? Black, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I feel like some of those episodes kind of speak to what things could be like in the future, and it definitely is really scary. Dude, I know. Batsy doing a reunion. It's going to be so fucking terrifying. I'm going to be freaking out. That's the only future I want to see, but no, I know what you mean. I saw a video of a car, like... Uh, I think it's a Tesla or something, mm-hmm. but you park it in a somewhere and you just put on your phone that you're like, you're picking up your car and the car will drive itself to you and park. Yes. That's like a newer feature. I, I follow this YouTuber who has a, a Tesla and he was showing off that feature. Dude, that shit is fucking crazy. Yeah. But wait, you haven't seen those videos where people, and I'm not sure if they still do it, but I know like, early on when uh, the self-driving came out there were videos of people um activating the self-driving mode and d- them just like taking a nap <laughs> that's so <laughs> reckless to do yeah because this was before because I, I think now you have to uh show the car that you're still there like you have to like touch the steering wheel or have your hands on the steering wheel um but before it didn't require that so people would literally just like you know set their d- destination and then just like just literally i've seen people just kind of have a blanket and just go to sleep and just wake up at where they like you know we're heading is that real yeah 100 percent. oh dude we got the coronavirus and we got driving cars the future is now dude that's crazy yeah well that's supposed to be the future because i know like um uber wants to do like self-driving ubers oh i heard about that yeah okay that's pretty crazy. Isn't like Apple and shit doing stuff like that? I'm pretty sure all like the big, big uh, corporations are trying to do like self-driving cars. I guess. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised because I feel like th- that stuff is going to be pretty popular. So these companies want to tap in now and try to get ahead and be the number one. Dude, yeah. I mean, I probably won't ever be able to. Those cars, I'll be happy with a my 2005 Nissan Rogue, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. Okay, so as as far as the future of One Step Closer, because I feel like uh, with the kind of sound you guys have and the the attention that you guys have on you right now, I feel like you guys could be one of those bands that outgrows hardcore. If that makes sense, like a Code Orange, like a Turnstile, like a Hate Breed. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe that'd be cool. I mean, um, I don't know. Our sound is um, it's hard for me kind of to say if uh, sounds are changing in OSC because um, I just uh, 
I don't know. I know. I think our sound is definitely for this next song has progressed, um, definitely. But I don't know. That that'd be super cool to to kind of just like do whatever and just kind of live off music. But I don't know. That's that's wild to say. Thank you for that. Is this an op- like an observation that I have? Yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, I'm eating Oreo right now. I don't know. <laughs> I'll fine. eat that quick. My bad, but um, <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. Maybe. Well, one step closer, <laughs> and uh, and I'm just so curious too because like they're like obviously like with what you guys have announced right now, there are these gaps in between, and I, and I'm not talking about like the the second Euro trip, but are there plans to do more stuff like in the States? Is it going to be a more regional, uh, maybe another full U S um, we're going to be recording. Uh, we're in April. We're going to be trying to record a lot. Okay. Um, and just trying to finish that, the record off. We have a couple songs that are, um, they're not, I don't like saying songs are done until they're like recorded. Okay. But um, we have a a lot of songs that are like in the progress of being done, you know. But yeah, um, yeah in those times we're just gonna be trying to record a lot and just kind of figure out everything. So <laughs> yeah, well, it's gonna be cool. Yeah. Well, I I definitely like the the momentum you guys have right now. So I, I hope you guys just keep that going throughout the whole year. I, I feel like this is going to be a really great year for you guys just with the promo coming out and hopefully a new record by the end of the year. And then all these awesome tours that you guys are on, I'm like really stoked for you guys. And I, I can't wait to see how this all plays out. Dude. Yeah, me too. I hope, um, I hope I can get a driving car soon and bad seed comes back. Okay. That's all I can hope for. Sure. <laughs> all right. Bad Seed comes back. Where where do they play? Uh, Bad Seed comes back. If they don't play Wooks Fair, um, not into them anymore. Uh, okay. And that's and that's fact. So they they should be playing the Hive if they ever do. Um, I don't think they are though. I don't want to give say that that that's happening because I'm just speaking out my ass. I don't think that'll ever happen, but. If they do ever decide to come back, I think Wooks Fair is uh, an, an obvious place they should play. Uh, same thing if Title Fight ever decides to do another show. If it's not in Kingston or Wooks Fair, what are you doing? You know? Okay. Or at least a tour, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's their lives. They can do whatever they want. I envision Bad Seed or Title Fight, either one of those bands swb volume two or three i feel like that'd be a great fit that's a great vision and i hope that vision comes comes to light if it does uh if bat seed or title fight plays one of those um uh, swb uh i will buy your plane ticket out so you can enjoy your vision in real life okay well i hope it's uh volume three because i <laughs> i, I I guess I'll just say it here. I haven't really said it publicly, but I will be there for volume two. Oh, the vision. Uh-oh. <laughs> I... <laughs> okay, okay. No, but I'm, I'm going out on a separate note, not because I know Bad Cedar Tile Fight's playing. No, I'm doing uh, 
doing some filming out there um, that pertains to the fest. Uh, but yeah, that that's all I can say for now. Dude, I want to get Breaking Ben to play play the fest. They're another local band that I feel just doesn't get enough love. <laughs> well, we got to get Naper Shooty on the line and see um, what he can do about that. <laughs> I wonder if he knows those fools. I guess they're like super jaded and weird, but shout out to Breaking Ben. All right. Uh, SWB Volume 2. You heard it here first, Breaking Ben. Okay. Well, uh, I, I think that's a great place to to um, end this. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Uh, fuck, maybe. Uh I'm going to shout out to every single Wilkes-Barre band. Shout out Anxious. Shout out all of my friends that are in bands and putting themselves out there. Uh, And shout out to Positivity. And there we go. All right. Well, there you guys have it. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top.